0: Who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group. Text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Where today we've got two great guests. Congressman Greg Stuby from the great state of Florida is going to join us. We've got a lot of questions to ask. Supply chain, the border. The surge in crime, Joe Biden's speech. We're going to cover all of that with Congressman Greg Stubbe, great friend of the show, has been on many times, always brings some new insights and information that we don't have at our disposal. And then we're going to turn to one of the great national security thinkers in America today a longtime intelligence analyst and professional at the CIA, later became the chief of staff to the National Security Council, the National Security Advisor under Donald Trump. Fred Flights, my good friend, is here. We've got a lot to talk about there, right? Ukraine, Russia, geopolitics, Iran, North Korea. Oh, the world feels like it is burbling towards a mess. And do we have any clarity? And is the American policy, is the Biden Doctrine, Working or failing us? You heard what Nigel Farage said yesterday. Well, let's get Fred Flights. Has taken that. He always has a great analysis and analytical look at the world. We're going to bring him on in just a few seconds. All right. Let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, first up, Congressman Greg Stuby, followed by my good friend and the great national security thinker, Fred Flights. We'll have both of them right after this commercial break. who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us justnews. That's amac.us justnews. And extend the invitation to a friend or a family member for free. What a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. all right folks welcome back from the commercial break as promised a very special guest every time he comes on this show he brings us a lot of wisdom and really points us to some of the things we might be missing in the media joining me right now from the great state of florida is congressman greg steuby congressman great to have you back on the show
1: yeah thanks so much for having me
0: before we get too far i just want to give a your sense of the president had his one year celebratory speech it seemed to be a very dark speech about all he didn't get done, all the failures he had in his first year. Your reaction to just the president's comments and where it leaves the country one year into the Biden presidency?
1: Well, I think a lot, you know, the the leftists, and, you know, it's bad when the Democratic pundits are talking about, oh, he talked longer than anybody has ever talked at a press conference. <laughs> he, he stood up there for more than two hours. Yep. So if that's the only praise that they can give him, you know, it's, it's, it's not good for the country. But the, the thing that glared out to me was what wasn't talked about. We're not yeah. talking about the 1.7 million illegal immigrants that are coming through our border. We don't really even have a border anymore on, under President Biden. Under the crime, we, we are now in the one year of his presidency, seeing record numbers of homicides all across our country, oh, yeah. numbers we haven't seen in decades. I mean, so from crime, Afghanistan, we still have people stuck in Afghanistan. Nobody asked that question. So what was more glaring to me was the things that weren't asked of his bismal failures and the multiple crises that have affected this country, um, immigration being mainly one of those. And for him to say that the country has had progress, um, I, I think is just, you know, the American people are smarter than that. Uh, Democrats uh, always take the American voter and the American people for granted that they're not smart enough to know what's really going on. And when your children isn't able to go to an in-person class and you go to Walmart and half the shelves are empty, you realize that the, the challenges that we're facing in this country are much bigger than what the Democrats suppose it to be. When the prices of gasoline, I just saw an article that Florida is expected the gas prices are rising again, going to be the highest they've been in decades um, going into this in this next month. So, you know, people that are struggling every day, paycheck to paycheck, uh, if they're lucky to have a job, are, are know that the things that they're saying, the, the crisis of inflation that, that's affecting their everyday life is much more drastic. They certainly would not call that progress.
0: Yeah, I think that is the the real disconnect that you saw in that in that press conference. yesterday. real people, and you know, it's funny, Joe Biden built his whole career out of beating middle class Joe, right? I understand the middle class, working class, And he was talking past them all day yesterday. Nothing he talked about actually is what people at the dinner table and the grocery store are talking about. It seemed to be a really, really remarkable moment. I want to talk about illegal immigration. There's been a couple of amazing moments in the last month that really solidify the things you've been warning about for a year. You were one of the first to raise the red flag about what was going to happen with an open border. We saw recently a guy with terrorism connections from Yemen stopped wearing a New York EMS paramedic's jacket trying to sneak in the country like he was a paramedic fortunately the border patrol caught him but a reminder that bad guys are trying to sneak in and then we see this horrific synagogue incident and we learn that this guy has been on the terrorism radar for 20 years repeatedly flagged for extremist comments support for terrorism and somehow he gets into the country through uh, our airports and has let in your thought about the state of the border and what these two incidents say about it
1: well, it shows 100% that the Biden administration has no control over the border and no control over our immigration system. And that is yet another example of the failures of this administration. And honestly, as sad as this may sound, I don't think they care because their ultimate goal is to get as many people in here as possible because they know that most of these illegal immigrants then give them the right to vote and that they're going to vote for them and, and instill their power for the next uh, generation. That's what their focus is. They don't care that we're letting murderers across the border. They don't care that we're letting rapists across the border. They don't care of the record amount of fentanyl that's coming across the border. Yeah. You can't tell me if this guy's been identified as a terrorist and the Brits knew who he was and they had him flagged, how he was able to go through a passport screening process and not alert our national security people, our FBI individuals. So certainly when the Republicans take the majority and and I sit on the Judiciary Committee, we can bring these individuals in. We can bring the Homeland Security director in, which, oh, by the way, this Democratic majority has refused to do to bring in the director of Homeland Security who's responsible for all the things that are happening on the border. The Democrats haven't brought in Mayorkas to let us or let the Democrats ask him questions. You know why? Because none of his answers are going to be good. And they know that Republicans like myself and Jim Jordan or others that are on the Judiciary Committee are going to press him on what they're actually doing to protect the American people from people like this terrorist who then came in and killed people at a synagogue or uh, attempted to, you know, hold hostage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It really is a remarkable moment. It's been hard to get answers to it because it doesn't seem anyone can provide answers anymore. We've always had the immigration debate, but usually the Homeland Security Secretary has always been available to describe the administration's uh, position. And this Hellman Security Administration sometimes says things that just aren't true. Oh, the border's secure. Well, we know it's not. And it's harder than I can remember in a long time to see if we can even get answers. If Republicans get control of Congress, how important will it be for you guys to create a, an accounting of where all the illegal aliens are being dispersed across this country?
1: That will be one of the many things that we will ask. Where are all these illegal immigrants being sent? And why are you not asking states like Florida Permission or or at least letting them know that you're dropping these individuals off so states can make determinations For themselves on where these individuals are going 1.7 million illegal immigrants have come into our border illegally That's who we've caught and detained and then released so, you know There's more than that that's actually come in that's more than the size of some of our states in our union yeah. of People that have come in and and so that's a great point. I, I think there's not only is there policy that we need to do but we control the purse strings in the House, and when we take the majority back next year, I think our leadership needs to stand very firm on why are we going to give money to an administration who is deliberately and intentionally violating federal law by allowing illegal immigrants into our country. And if you start dealing with the purse strings and say and put riders on appropriations bills that says um, no, no money in this act shall go to the use of illegal immigrants coming into our country that violate this statute and this statute, and that's an actual crime for them to use money that's appropriated by the House and the, and the Congress for activity that has been clearly um, not prohibited or permitted in the bills. So we need to take a very strong approach to this, and we have the ability to do it, and we control the money that goes to these agencies, and I, I surely hope that our leadership is gonna take that approach.
0: Yeah. That'll be the key. Uh, the lessons that the Republicans learned a few years back, they got the reins of government, but they didn't do what they say. And they got thrown out pretty quickly in 2018. And I think sticking to actually what you promise you're going to do is something Americans are craving for. It's going to be really fun to watch that dynamic. There is a new provision that Mayorkas put into place that Biden put into place through executive order. It actually takes effect Saturday, and that is that all truckers coming across the border now, if they're bringing our vegetables and our food and other goods and wares, they must show proof of a vaccination in order to get that truck and that supply into the country. Now, obviously, illegal aliens don't have that requirement. They can walk in without that, but any concerns that that provision could put further stress on an already stressed supply chain?
1: Yeah, again, the the hypocrisy that you just highlighted. So we're going to require truck drivers who are actually bringing goods into our country in a time of a supply chain crisis. We're going to require them to be vaccinated, show proof of vaccination, all these type of things as it relates to COVID. But 1.7 million um, illegal immigrants have strewn across our country and then they've distributed them all across our country without being tested without being required to be vaccinated. Same with the Afghans that the, the, the Biden administration right. brought over here. Same thing. They weren't required to be vaccinated and they were released out into the country. So if they genuinely care about COVID, then why do you do it in some cases and not in other cases? This will have a huge detrimental effect on already a, a supply crisis that all of us have seen, not only added on to the inflation of the cost of goods, but my wife and I went to, um, Walmart this past weekend yeah. and half of the things on our list were not there. I even posted on my Twitter page it's a picture of, of like completely empty shelves. Now this is in Sarasota, Florida where we have uh, ports, several ports in right. Florida. There's ports all over the state. So we certainly have the ability to distribute goods very quickly. We have rail, we have ports. Um, and, and yet we can't get the goods in this country that we need, and it's because of the policies that have been put in place by Democratic governors in California and this Democratic White House. So to further put mandates on truck drivers when it, it's hard for them to even find truck drivers to work right now, and now you're going to make it even harder. And it's interesting, Starbucks just recently announced and they're not a conservative company by any way, shape, or form. That's for sure. Starbucks just (laughs) recently announced that they're not going to require vaccines for their people anymore because they're starting to realize that they can't hire people because people are pushing back on the vaccine mandate.
0: They won't actually have workers to serve those coffees. That's the problem. Yeah. Such an amazing thing. The annual March for Life is here. You just got an A-plus rating from uh, the Susan B. Anthony list for your pro-life record in Congress. This is a remarkable moment with that Mississippi case pending in the Supreme Court, with the Texas abortion law being kicked to the Texas Supreme Court by the federal appeals court. What do you think 2022 could mean to the abortion debate in America?
1: Well, I think it's going to be very good. We're All, all of people like myself who are very strong pro-life uh, members of Congress are waiting for that decision from the Supreme Court to allow states to put parameters around abortion and i'm certainly uh, optimistic about where the court's going to land on that, um, but uh, you won't find a stronger fighter for life and the sanctity of life than myself and i'm I'm honored to to be given the A plus rating because of my record on that issue yeah. and more Americans need to stand up for life. You talk about the Democrats talk about all we every life is worth saving yet they allow for uh, the abortion of the unborn and and in some cases they talk about euthanizing a child after it has been born, which is just atrocious to think that that is allowed in this country. Since Roe v. Wade, over 66 million children have been aborted in this country. And and think of the, the job issues that we have, the labor shortages that we have, if something like that wouldn't have occurred.
0: Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. I want to play a role in the House Foreign Affairs Committee. It's such an important committee. You have often talked about the importance of peace through strength. There's two things that I think in the last month have really struck me. One is the ongoing crisis with Ukraine and Russia. You see the president unwilling to do what many Republicans in Congress have asked for, sanction Russia, to try to stop it, something before it happens. And then secondly, you see them continue to uh, banty about stories that turned out not to be true. Basically, boy, cry wolf about things that aren't true. We've heard about the bounties that weren't true. Russia collusion with Donald Trump wasn't true. The, uh, this week, the CIA said the idea that Russia had a secret weapon that uh, created Havana syndrome for our diplomats isn't true. The Democrats' policy on Russia, the head fakes on things that aren't true, and then the failure to address things that really are threats. How do you assess America's state in the world with where we stand on that issue?
1: Well, the first thing is the current posture that Russia has taken is a direct result of the policies that the Biden administration has put in place. Trump had sanctions on Nord Stream 2. One of the first things after he took away our domestic production and shut down our domestic pipelines here in our country, he then lifted sanctions on Nord Stream 2, which gave billions of dollars to Russia. There's no coincidence that now they have billions of dollars because we've lifted sanctions on Nord Stream 2 that now suddenly they're amassing troops on the Ukrainian border. We, we gave them exactly what they wanted, and we, we wonder why they don't think we're projecting strength from this country because Joe Biden does not project strength when it comes to foreign affairs. And, and it's a, a direct result of the actions that this administration has taken. It's just like when he was vice president. And Obama was president, and they they did this Iran deal, which was horrible for the world, to give a path to nuclear uh, warheads to Iran, and opened up billions of dollars for the Iranians, which they then used to fund terrorism all across the world. Yeah, it just, it, to My me, it just doesn't me. make any sense why we're gonna do make these decisions that then, of course, um, are gonna have repercussions in the end. Yep.
0: No, such a very, very important point. And I, we will be looking back at that Afghan withdrawal for 10 years because I think it has shocked the world in a way that most Americans haven't fully appreciated. You've been talking about it, but a lot of others I didn't. Last question. Joe Biden stood on the podium yesterday and said, you know, Republicans don't have an agenda. But when I talk to Republicans... Every one of you seem to have the same agenda. You know what you want to do in 22, 23, 24, if you get the reins of power. For Joe Biden, who says there's no agenda for Republicans, tell them what your agenda and what the Republican Party's agenda will be if you're in charge.
1: Well, the first agenda is things that we've already talked about, and that would be dealing with the immigration crisis. Uh, having a secure border would be the number one priority of myself and should be one of the number one priority of our conference going into uh, when we take. The majority back because if you don't have a border, you don't have a sovereign nation. And right now we don't even have a sovereign nation because we have an invasion of 1.7 million illegal immigrants coming across our country. And then our government is shipping them out all across the country and then giving them benefits that you and I and other taxpayers are paying for. So the number one priority would be dealing with the immigration crisis that is affecting our country stopping the mass amount of spending and the taxing that the the administration wants to do. Thankfully, there's actually some Democrats that have a little bit of a sense in the Senate that have stopped the Build Back Better, have stopped a lot of these programs. Um, So those would be the things that we would stand for. We have a whole list of bills that we would work on. Uh, McCarthy did his own version of a Contract for America, what New Gingrich did. There's a whole list of things out there that we would work on in every subject area. There's things that I would work on in the veteran space to give veterans true choice as it relates to their healthcare and not be forced into a VA system that is failing them. So the number one issue I think we need to address is immigration and holding the Biden uh, administration accountable because they'll still be in the White House.
0: Yeah, they sure will still have those reins. And
1: we can do that through the appropriations process that we have in the house.
0: Yep, it's funny. Where All the Republicans are talking the same thing. There is an agenda. There is an agenda. When the president said that yesterday, not a single reporter stood up. But my reporting suggests that that's simply a a false statement by our president. So, Congressman, thank you so much. It's always an honor to have you on the show. We always learn so much. And we look forward to getting you back on soon because there'll be a lot to talk about in this upcoming year.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: My pleasure. Okay, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we've got a couple more interviews we want you to hear. We'll be right back after this commercial message. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition. And feeling better. And suddenly, I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down. And my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. I am very excited to have this next guest on. He is truly one of the best national security thinkers in this country, strategic experienced, smart, calls it like it is, he calls balls and strikes. He is uh, uh, many years as a CIA intelligence, eventually rose to the uh, uh, chief of staff for the national security advisor in the Trump administration. Joining me right now, my good friend, Fred Flights. Fred, great to have you back on the show.
2: Hey, John, good to be here.
0: Uh, By the way, congratulations. Uh, You have now joined the America First Policy Institute. That's a big get for them, and I'm really excited to see you there.
2: I'm so lucky to be here. I'm a a strong believer in the concept of America First to put the interests of the American people and our nation as the priority when making foreign policy or domestic decisions and not deferring to uh, the elite and the foreign policy establishment that's frankly gotten this nation in a lot of trouble.
0: They have, haven't they? It's funny, for most of our history, defining the American interest was the starting point for foreign policy, but it seems like in the last 10 years, particularly, uh, some of that has been lost, particularly on Democratic watches. It, it's, um, it is amazing, and it's good to see people rejuvenating that as a, as a pinnacle or a foundation of uh, foreign policy. Let me start with Joe Biden's press conference this week, the, the one hour and 52 minute Sidewinder. Um, There were some pretty consequential moments for foreign policy, particularly the flub on Ukraine. How do you rate that press conference and what is the fallout from it?
2: Well, I think the press conference overall was a catastrophe and there has to be a decision, a bipartisan decision to not let Biden do that again. It doesn't simply undermine the confidence of the American people in our government, but it is further undermining the reputation of Biden in the eyes of the world, especially in the eyes of our enemies we can't have another catastrophe like that right now our, our enemies are watching this weakness and they are planning um but i mean i was most concerned about his remark on ukraine when yeah, he suggested minor that huh? maybe a minor incursion by russia into ukraine wouldn't be as serious and he also said that well if that happened we'd fight about what to do this was more than a gaffe john This is indicating that, first, Biden is considering whether he might go along with a minor invasion of Ukraine. That is probably taking eastern uh, areas where there are ethnic Russians. But more important, he revealed something that I don't think Putin knows. And that is there apparently are real divisions within NATO on how to respond to a so-called minor incursion. And Biden telegraphed that to Putin. Yes, Jay. This is very valuable intelligence. And, and really, there's no way to walk that back. This, nope. this did enormous nope. amount of damage
0: Irreversible to national security. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, it's funny. This man has 50 years of experience in Washington. He prided himself on being a foreign policy expert. Some people have always dickered about that. But um, and, you know, I think uh, was it was uh, Secretary Gates said he was on the wrong side of every issue in the Obama administration. But at the end of the day, uh, our allies have to be wondering does America have our backs because you just don't talk this way when you're in a tense situation with an enemy or a friend of me like uh, Russia what do you think if you're Ukraine which you know immediately called out these things if you're Poland, if you're Kosovo uh, any of the uh, the uh, uh, old Soviet republics how concerned are you that the United States which has always had their backs since if I follow the wall, that you're you're rethinking that idea right now.
2: I believe that uh, NATO states in Eastern Europe are somewhat concerned, but I I believe there's some other issues at stake here. Uh, We don't like the prospect of of Putin maybe invading Ukraine, but I don't wanna see American troops going into Ukraine. If the Russians occupy Ukraine, I don't want to fund an opposition movement, a, a rebel movement against the Russians. Uh, we have to use diplomacy and moral moral persuasion um, economic sanctions but i also believe concerning the concept of america first and keeping us out of unnecessary wars not expending our blood and treasure in areas where we don't have strategic uh, interests that there has to be a line to how far nato is going to extend and i think ukraine is starting to realize that we stand with them, and we think invading them by Russia would be wrong, but we're not going to send our troops in. We're not going to use our Air Force. We're not going to fund a rebel movement against the Russian government. And I think that's a hard thing for the Ukrainians to understand, but you know, we have to do what we can with our blood and treasure to take care of our strategic interests and, and to help the world as, as much as we can. And we have to get Europe to do this, and that's something I haven't seen.
0: Yeah, most of the people I'm talking to in the intel and diplomacy community, the first thing they said to me last night, I was talking to people last night, our hand was just weakened. We lost three cards from our hand, and you don't get them back. And you know, and Vladimir Putin said that is. Uh, I had um, on the show yesterday, Nigel Farage, who said the last year between Afghanistan withdrawal, some of the silliness that went on in other places, and then this uh, press conference where the, America, for the first time in his lifetime, is the stock of the world. He said, maybe that's a little harsh, but there has to be a moment now where America has to take a pause, don't you think, and say, we got to get our game back together.
2: And, you know, I don't want to seem pro Russia because I'm not, right. but I think that we have to put things in perspective. But I also want to say that we don't know whether we're looking at leverage here or we're looking at pretext. Right. Is Putin using the situation for leverage to get more concessions from the U.S., or is he using the refusal of Biden to give him what he wants as a pretext to invade? I think it may be leverage, and we're already giving them significant concessions. There's talks that we will move American troops away from the border. We will stop NATO exercises near the border. John, we've offered to re-enter the INF Treaty, which Trump wisely withdrew from because the Russians were violating it. That's right. For all we know, Putin is just biding his time, waiting for more concessions before he seems to back down. We don't know yet.
0: Yeah. And weakness gives him that confidence. I mean, I think that's one of the things that you always see with him. He can sense weakness and he knows how to play his hand every time, uh, whether you'll hate him or love him. Uh, he, he's a master manipulator. That's right. I want to ask you about a dynamic. There's two dynamics about this. Uh, there have been these extraordinary leaks in the media of what looked to me to be incredibly sensitive intelligence. Like, there were leaks about. We know he's planning for an attack because we heard this comment or these things. How harmful are leaks like that to our ability to a- adapt quickly to something that happens on the ground? If Vladimir Putin is hearing on CNN and reading in the Washington Post the the, the most sensitive intelligence America claims to have, are, are we? Uh, is this a problem that we should really be on top of?
2: Well, I think it's it's a problem, and some of this intelligence, like there's information that the russians have sent agents into ukraine to cause problems to create a pretext for an invasion or there's a cyber effort or they're spreading disinformation I think that does damage to our national security, but i got to tell you, there's a certain wag the dog element about this, that yep. Biden's down on those polls, and as people are circulating these news reports to distract the press, yep. I'm not sure that this intelligence is accurate. And i also tell you, the Russians are probably invading, not invading, meddling in Ukraine constantly. The that's fact right. they found a report saying that's going on now doesn't mean that this is out of the ordinary.
0: Yeah. And Russia has been the great distracting political issue for four or five years. Democrats have played the Russia card. And I want to ask you about this because there have been now this week what uh, has been the third major reversal on a narrative that the mainstream media and Democrats built together. The first was collusion. We know that didn't happen now. The second was bounties. That's been ruled out. Now the CIA says, you know what, after talking about it for two and a half years, that Havana syndrome doesn't look like it was some special Russia weapon or even any foreign power. Is there a danger in each time they crying wolf, people start taking the Russia threat, which is real, less serious because it's been made up so many times or exaggerated so many times?
2: I don't understand the changing of positions on this malady that's affecting people in American embassies. I know what happened in Havana, and happened right. in Beijing, a few of other countries. My understanding is some type of high energy pulse. Right. And I, I think it is real. And why the CIA is backing away from it, I don't know. And I, I believe it's probably a surveillance technique. I don't think it was intended to harm people. Right. But I believe that when it's fired, it does significant damage to the brains of people in the vicinity.
0: Yeah, no, that listen, the syndrome is absolutely real. It's uh, uh, pretty interesting, but it came out at such a weird moment in, in the moment of the, you know, the Russia uh, 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 concern. And it just it, it blindsided a lot of people when I talked to them over the last couple of days. Let's step away from Russia for a second and take a look at some of the other places where we have some challenges. Iran, uh, the Biden administration seems less and less confident they're going to get a deal, a nuclear deal. In the meantime, Iran itself is really exercising its malfeasance more. You've got these attacks, whether it's in Yemen, other places, uh, on UAE. And you got this talk that, hey, they're going to pay back the Trump administration for that attack on General Soleimani. Does the Biden administration have a plan for Iran that is going to work? Or are we in some difficult times with Iran?
2: The Biden administration, despite massive evidence of Iranian cheating on the 2015 nuclear deal, I, I mean, we know this now from those documents yeah. the Israelis stole from from the Iranians in 2018. There's no question they were cheating on the agreement. They were working behind the scenes to develop a nuclear weapon, N- never stopped. Uh, the Biden administration is determined to get a nuclear deal with Iran. And fortunately, the Iranians are saving them from themselves. The Iranians have been so unreasonable and when they every time there's a, a set of talks in Vienna and they won't even sit with our diplomats. We yeah. were at separate hotels. Right. They 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 refused to 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 uh, be in the presence of Americans. They make more unreasonable demands. Uh, so I mean, the latest one is they're demanding that there be a legally binding agreement that if Biden gets back into the nuclear deal, a future pr- president can't get out of it. Well, obviously, Biden can't make such an agreement. And that's preventing biden from giving away the stores so we're relying on the iranians to save us from another bad nuclear deal with iran
0: tough situation to be when we have to rely on our enemy to save us from a bad deal i'll tell you that it's uh but it's been predictable i mean you folks like you have been warning about this posture that the democratic uh administrations have taken with iran I, and i i step back now we, we had this conversation with a couple of folks this week uh, the concept of peace through strength, which still remains at the heart of conservative security policy, seems to have been completely uh, abandoned by Democrats and progressives. Is there anyone on the progressive side that still subscribes to the idea of peace through strength? Uh, like that?
2: I think there are some sensible Democrats who, who believe in it. But I, 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 Biden doesn't seem to understand what it means. Yeah. And just the people on the radical left, they have no concept for why you have to have a strong military. Why a strong, decisive president is is crucial for global security and American security, and we saw that under Donald Trump. Remember when Donald Trump threatened on the floor of the UN General Assembly that he would totally destroy North Korea if it threatened our allies? They stopped testing their nuclear weapons after that, pretty fast. They stopped testing all their long-range missiles and didn't resume testing until mid-2019, and only short-range missiles. Right. Funny they've resumed over the last six months. Yeah.
0: Yep, those words, particularly if the enemy believes that the president is going to follow through, become such deterrence. And and I I'm just shocked by the um the the weakness and the mixed messaging. Yeah, I think there was a a, a day a couple of weeks ago where Biden's former diplomat to Haiti says he's messed up Haiti too. I mean, it's these are not hard things to, to focus on. It seems like the the bureaucrats who've run the State Department and, the, and some of the national security apparatus, that given their free reign, that they are now beginning to realize these things aren't working. Is there any reassessment in the career ranks of diplomacy, national security, that maybe we're in a difficult moment? And we got to try new things, go back to things that worked in the past?
2: Well, just to jump back to the remark you made of Bob Gates, he wrote in his 2014 memoir that Biden uh, had been wrong about every national security issue for 40 years. That comment was probably written in 2012. Right. Biden was wrong about national security as a young man. And now he's losing his mental competence. And he's surrounded by perhaps the most incompetent foreign policy team in history. Uh, Jake Sullivan, Antony Blinken. Uh, and, I mean, there are others. Really, they shouldn't be there. We need a Henry Kissinger, a Colin Powell, a Condoleezza Rice. There are smart Democrats who could be brought in, Jane Harman, Senator Chris Coons, people who who you know you and I wouldn't want to be in government in a Republican administration, but we know they have competence in national security. Biden desperately needs people like that surrounding him to make sound recommendations and to stop him when he tries to do something that is just frankly bonkers.
0: Yeah, there was a moment yesterday where the flip-flopping of Biden which by the way is been throughout his entire career in the Senate and other places in the middle of last year or in the 2020 campaign. But this was a big one for me. And I don't know if a lot of people picked up on it, but I'm, I'm sure you did. Uh, he said about it's time to go back to designating the Houthi rebels in Yemen as a terrorist organization. This is a man that as one of his first actions, remove them, right? In, in the first hours of his office, that's sort of flip-flapping. What does that do to our friends and our enemies when they see a president that within a year has gone in two different directions on the same policy.
2: I mean, the world knows Biden did that out of malice, because it was vindictive. He just wanted to reverse something Trump did. And weeks after he did it, we had to plead with the Hutu rebels to stop taking civilians hostage, to stop attacking hospitals. That is, to stop acting as a terrorist group. We know they're a terrorist group. (laughs) And, And the fact the Biden administration is, now they're being dragged kicking and screaming to the realization that Trump was right, in fact, they find that realization rather frequently, I might add. Uh, it, it's just making our country look foolish, like we, we simply can't govern, we can't put forward consistent policies. Yeah.
0: Yep, it really is. It seems like we're flipping and flapping all day long, and it's getting frustrating for Americans, and I can imagine those across the world. Last question. When you look out now at the, the hot spots we've got Russia, we know about that, Iran, North Korea is always up to something. Uh, what are the dynam- dynamics that professionals like you are looking? What are the things that you're most worried about in the next uh, two to three months?
2: You know, I'm most worried about China. I don't think Putin's going to invade Ukraine. Um, But I'm very worried how China will cash in on this extraordinary period of American weakness. I think that the date of the Chinese attack on Taiwan has been moved up because of Biden's incompetence. I don't think it will be this year, but I think it will be before uh, January 2025 when I think there will be a Republican president. Uh, The Chinese Communist Party is determined to retake Taiwan, and I think they are capable of doing so. And I believe they're now calculating you know, has the time come?
0: Yeah, China is the big one. We all should be watching. Uh, there have been some reversals in the Trump era cases of some of these professors and others who were accused of plotting with China, and all of a sudden we're just dropping these cases. Uh, kind of some head scratchers in the the prosecution community. People saying, I don't know why we dropped that case. The evidence was incredible. Uh, is this some of the cat and mouse game that Biden is playing with China, or does it just create more evidence of weakness on our part?
2: There's weakness and confusion. Biden's priority with China is. Climate change, yeah, and and we're not making a big deal about the Uyghurs. You know, this. I'm happy that uh, U.S. officials are not going to the Olympics. That's actually a a small, uh, sensible decision. We should have boycotted the Olympics, and or had them moved elsewhere. Right. But I I don't think this administration has any policy that that recognizes the enormity of the threat that the Chinese Communist Party poses to the existence of modern society and to our
0: country. Yeah. It's a head scratcher. All the intelligence points to the threat, and yet all of the actions seem to, to diminish the threat or uh, ignore it. It's uh, confusing to anyone that has any, any visibility into the, the intentions of China. Uh, Fred, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. You always bring lots of sage wisdom to us and calling balls and strikes like they are. It's, a, it's just an honor to have you on. I can't wait to get you back on soon.
2: Look, look forward to it. Thanks, John.
0: Thank you, sir. All right, folks, we're going to go uh, to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up in just a few minutes. All right, folks, that wraps up another week of John Solomon Reports. Thanks for joining me every day and for listening. Thanks to the great guests we have. Today was just a perfect example. Fred Flights and Congressman Greg Stubbe. Lots of information you can take to the dinner table, the water cooler, the boardroom, the office and have a good, informed conversation. That's what we try to do. Get you guests who can make news, give you facts, and then you make up your own mind, just like we do on Just The News. We don't only give you a story, we give you the digging tool so you can see our notebook, what we use to build that story. You can make up your own mind, make your own assessments. That's what Just The News is about. And hey, if you like us, there's many things you can do to improve your Just The News experience. And I'm gonna give you two right now. First up, if you haven't done it yet, go to the Apple Store, go to the Google Android App Store and download the Just the News app. We're actually in Version two. We've actually released a new version, has some cool new sharing tools. What does the app do that the website can't do? Well, first off, it takes the just the news experience and breaks it up into three channels. You can read, those are the tech stories. You can listen, that's this podcast, and all the other great ones we have, like Christian Toto, like my good friend Cheryl Axon. Great podcast, must listen podcast, brand new one. Coming in from my great friends at the Foreign Desk, Lisa Daftari, one of the great foreign correspondents in America. So you can listen or you can watch. That's our new video and television experience. We have daily newscasts called Just the News Now in a minute and 15 seconds. You can get up to speed on the headlines. We're starting a brand new television show, January 31st, News Not Noise on Real America's Voice. You'll be able to get that on the app. So, Read, watch, listen, and then the fourth thing you can do is whatever piece of content, whatever part of the website you're on, you can share it quickly, hitting the share button. So read, listen, watch, and share. Four ways to take your experience on Justin News to a new level. Go get the Justin News app at the Apple App Store, at the iOS Apple App Store, or of course, the Android Google Store, the Google Play Store, or in both, we're highly rated, go download it, go experience us. Just a new way to take us with you on your smartphone and your tablets and improve the experience of Just The News. The other way you can help, if you really want to get inside the Just The News communities, we've created a club. It's called the Just The News VIP Club. What does that mean? Well, you get two things from us if you spend $4.99 a month or $44.99 a year. You get an ad-free experience. No autoplay videos, No ads in your emails and newsletters, no ads on the website, just news and content ad free and once a month. Just like we did last night, we have a get together, a sit down where you, the readers of Just the News, you, the VIP club readers, can sit down with me and our reporters and have a conversation, ask questions. We're going to give you exclusive insights, exclusive documents, the real skinny on what's going on in Washington. Last night, we had an amazing conversation about how much the election integrity debate has moved over the last year. And most of it because of stories here at Just the News. That's a worthwhile conversation. You can only get that experience by being a VIP club member. If you want to do that, go to justthenews.com slash subscribe. Pretty easy to remember, right? Justthenews.com slash subscribe. Join the VIP club. Every dollar you spend there goes to support our journalism, to hire another journalist, to create another story, to create another TV show, to create another podcast. Thank you for supporting us and we hope we make it worthwhile. And of course, download the app, take Just the News with you on any smart device that you have. That's two ways to, well, improve your experience and become a bigger member of the Just the News John Solomon Reports family. All right, folks, head yonder into the weekend. Have a great weekend. Stay warm. It's wintry. Watch some great football. Have a couple healthy hors d'oeuvres, maybe even a drink of wine. Have a great weekend with your friends and family. May God bless you. May God bless this extraordinary country, the United States. You've been listening to John Solomon reports the podcast from just the news. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year. And then the inflation data came out higher than expected. Again, just like we've been predicting friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is 34 plus trillion dollars in the hole. And yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax sheltered IRA in gold. And you don't pay a penny out of pocket.